This is episode 51. In this episode, you'll meet Jessica Yanez. She's a project manager, public relations consultant, and creator of the Wine and Cheese podcast. Learn about her career and business story and learn how she's changing the narrative on how we spill the cheese. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello. I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, Join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate and I have a another distance uh, interview <laughs> recording today. Um, would you like to introduce yourself? Which, and I want to say, by the way, that this one, I would have definitely loved to have done in person for sure. <laughs> so <laughs> I we could- why. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Jessica Gagnes and I am, well, I, I, have, I wear multiple hats. I am a project manager for a marketing company. I own my own public relations agency called Yanyas Public Relations. And I host the Wine and Cheese podcast where I talk to other people from communities of color and talk about their journey in life and where they want to go. And we drink wine while we while we are talking on that podcast. <laughs> yeah, so that's one thing I definitely would have used, taken from your podcast and put while we're recording for mine and drink together, <laughs> for sure. So let's get to know you a little bit better. And I'm just gonna ask you a few little icebreaker questions. So what's your favorite food? Seafood. It doesn't even matter what seafood. I love mariscos, anything, because there's so many different types that you can make into so many different flavors. Mm -hmm. You can make it, you know, you can have it straightforward. You can make it Mexican. You can grill it. You can smoke it. You there's so many different things. Seafood hands down is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And seafood is like in every type of food and culture and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunately I'm allergic to shrimp. So I try to stay away from seafood, except for like sushi. I like sushi. So what's your favorite color? I tend to stick to the like purples. Well, not stick to like, but in general, the jewel tones work well with me. So like the royal blue, that really kind of rich, vibrant purple. It goes, it bodes well that my colors for the Wine and Cheese My podcast are like wine colors. So that oh. goes into that purple area. And I have, a, I already had a lot of shirts and stuff that went with. For some reason now, when I think of you, I think of you like in a wine, I think of wine and the wine color, dark red wine color. That means I'm doing my job. Yeah. <laughs> so what's the most recent book you read? Uh, the most recent book that I finished, cause I'm reading a book right now and I would have to get, get it to remember the full title, but most recent book I finished is called Hood Feminism. I am part mm. of a book club that was started by my friend, Vanessa Miranda, and you can look it up. It's at, uh, let's get lit dot well I think if you put at let's get lit it'll come up and she's the one who started the book club and hood feminism is really about the intersection now or what feminism is about right mm -hmm. like traditional feminism of what people talk about really benefits white women more than anything else yeah so this really talks about 
the intersectionality of what feminism should stand for and how we could, if you're not coming from the black community or another community of color, like, you know, we're light skinned Latinas, how can we be better allies? Yeah. So it's a really good book. Oh, that sounds interesting. I definitely will look it up. Yeah. Um, what's the last song you listened to? I had my rate my iTunes music playing last night. What was the last song that came on? I think it was Zap and Roger Moore Bounce to the Ounce that came up. That was the yeah. last song that was playing. <laughs> like, yes. So it keeps me going, you know, it's keeping me going. The last few bit of coming home last night. <laughs> I like that song. That's just like a chill. It's not like a party song. It's like a chill, relax. It's like yeah. backyard barbecue, hanging out yeah. with your friends song. It's like, let's hang out yeah. with the homie song. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you could meet one person, dead or alive, who would that be? Oh my gosh. There are so many people that I would want to meet. I'm gonna, I, I, I mean, I'm sure so many people have said this, but I would say Jesus, just for the fact that I feel like so many of his teachings have been taken out of context, I would wanna hear straight from his mouth. Yeah. What the heck is that? Yeah. You know? <laughs> uh, people have these things of what would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? But then they do complete opposite, right? Yeah. With somebody who was so inclusive, at least according to the Bible, and I don't believe Bible Bible verbatim because I do believe that you know it was also written by men. So I think that do I feel like they got messages and yes, their stories, but I also feel that their parables were their stories that weren't didn't necessarily happen, but are meant for us to learn from. And I would want to know these people that use his name to do their own bidding, what would he do? What does he think? Like, what would he really think about what's going on like, in our world right now? Jesus, what would you really do? Yeah. What would you really do? Tell it to me. And what, what did you really look like? Can we get all these? What, I mean, hello, he's from the a very light skinned man with blonde hair and blue eyes. I mean, I could totally picture you now in the backyard, listening to bounce to the ounce, talking to Jesus hanging out, <laughs> drinking wine. <laughs> I swear, I, is this just giving people a picture of who I am? <laughs> so tell us something that only a handful of people know about you. And that I would say that I'm a lot more sensitive than people usually think. And I've probably shown that a little bit more recently just because my emotions have been like very surface with everything. I tend to always, I do have a very positive outlook on life. I do tend to see the glass half full, the, you know, the silver lining, all of those things. But yeah, I would say, but I also portray like this very kind of tough exterior, I think, and people always think that I'm happy no matter what. And with everything, I've probably shown it a little bit more, but I'm definitely a lot more sensitive to the things around me than I tend to let on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I get that. Like sometimes I'm just trying to really hold it together. And some people have told me, oh, you look intimidating. Like, oh, what is that? Or... Or, or what's going on? I'm like, I'm trying to keep it together so I don't break down right now. <laughs> People don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's that fight or flight, right? And I tend to, I tend to fight, not fly. <laughs> when you have that fight or flight response, I tend to like, <laughs> square up. <laughs> and so people see me as this, I, I think I have this like, oh, Jessica's very social. She's very nice. She's very, but don't cross her type of thing but that's usually because I'm really hurting mm -hmm. where you where you do that yeah so let's uh talk about um cultural identity for a little bit um how do you self-identify I I feel like there's kind of a multitude of things I grew up in San Diego I am a 
Uh, I am Mexican American. I'm Chicana. I'm Latina. I think those. I embrace. Uh, you know, I could say I'm a Latinx woman. If you want to embrace all of the things. Uh, so that's probably how I would just generally self-identify. I usually will say I'm Chicana or Latina mm -hmm. on the on the regular, but I fit into. I fit and don't fit into all of those boxes. <laughs> Hmm. What do you mean? I think that obviously my family's from Mexico. I am not first generation. I'm like second generation on one side, third generation on another, depending on the side, like the paternal or maternal side. And so, yes, I'm Mexican American. I think I want to say, and then, but I've also recently come to know that how much more, um of like my ancestral heritage is and coming from all over the world mm. so that's what i'm saying i fit in those boxes and i don't fit in those boxes because we're all mutts in somehow right we don't just all just fit into one box we kind of fit into many boxes mm -hmm. but where mm -hmm. i tend to self-identify is being chicana or latina so what does the phrase cultural identity mean to you? Cultural identity to me really means where, I mean, I feel like it's very self-evident, right? Where are you getting your identity as far as who you are? Because, and I say, you could have, you could not necessarily be born in a specific place, but if that's where you grow up and that's the identity that you learn, that's the culture that you receive. Even though I wasn't first generation here, my culture is very much connected to my ancestral roots, to my Mexican roots. Mm. And that's what I truly learned about. I learned when this is why we do things within our family because culture can be different even even if you have a bunch of you know people that are mexican around or a bunch of latinos around but every family has their own like individual culture yeah so yeah. it's not it's not just the big part of culture identity i think it really kind of minnows down you know whittles down excuse me into even your own family, because your own family has their own culture. Your own family does things a different way. Yeah. The way that I make tacos may not necessarily be the way my cousin makes tacos anymore because, she, you know, her mom isn't from my grandma. Mm. You know, her dad is from my grandma, but she learned from her mom. She didn't learn from my, my you know. Yeah. So all of those little things, I think, can be taken into consideration when we think of cultural identity. Yeah, all the little things matter. All of them. Yeah. And we can't, and I think with that, you can't discount anybody's cultural identity as well, right? So you can't say, I can't look at somebody and be like, that's not how you make tacos. I joke, and I think a ton, ton, 10 of us do joke. I would say, well, that's not how I make tacos. I remember going to a friend's house one time. Okay, and this was really bad. And I was not going to have it <laughs> where she was going to make guacamole out of a package. And I literally was like, <laughs> excuse me, what kind of Mexican are you? We, that's not how we make guacamole. <laughs> you have everything here. And so I just made it because I was like, no, 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 that's not happening. We don't make guacamole from a package. <laughs> what, what do you mean a package? I don't, I, I it don't get like, it. I've never seen that or heard that in my so life. So it's like the guacamole seasoning, right? So you just do the, I guess you just mash up the avocado and you put the seasoning in it. And I yeah. guess you can add it. And I'm like, why would you do that? I don't get oh. that. So I was like, no, 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 okay. that's not how we do it. And she was like, I'm just lazy. And I said, well, I'm not lazy. Let's all make it. Cause we're not going to have that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm very picky with my guacamole. At most restaurants, I always ask them to bring me salt, lemon, and lime because at, I, nine times out of 10, I always have to fix it. And it tastes a lot better when I do it. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> my cultural identity is very much, you know, but yeah. I'm, 
I'm still kind of in shock, like guacamole out of a packet. Okay, I just right. need to get over it and move on. <laughs> okay, anyway, <laughs> so let's now pivot to talking about your business or businesses or projects or whatever oh it is, all yeah. of your entre entrepreneurial projects going on. <laughs> So what are you, what do you sell? What are your projects or, or products and your services? So I have the things that are mine, right? That I actually run are um, Yanya's Public Relations, which is a public relations firm that really focuses, I have a very niche kind of focus in regards to who I work with and who I work with are other Latinx brands, organizations and, um, and people. And then I also have the podcast, the Wine and Cheese Smith podcast. So on the public relations side, it's really services. It's really sitting down with people, trying to figure out the things that they need to do. And a lot of times people at the very beginning are not even sure where, where to start. So it can really be on a consulting basis. Before all of this started, I was talking about doing some workshops in regards to some, you know, coming in, figuring out like if they have their company or figuring out what their company is, helping them figure out how to write a one page or how to write what needs to go in a generally in a press release of kind of DIY stuff for people who can't necessarily afford the services. But then if it's a larger brand that can't afford services, it's really whether it's help craft their message that's going out to the audience, craft the message that's going out to the media, writing press releases, uh, helping them figure out what their social media is going to be. It, it encompasses all of those types of things. Mm -hmm. Because really what public relations is, is getting your message out to the public. And a lot of times people mistake marketing for public relations and vice versa. Mm -hmm. But the difference between those things is Marketing is things that you pay for. Marketing is something like you're paying to see your product on something, right? You've, you're paying to, even advertising is a form of marketing. Mm -hmm. I'm paying to be part of this. And public relations is really using your message and using your relationships in order to try and get stories without paying for that. Mm -hmm. And that's a big thing. And getting and letting know the public know what they need to expect from you. Public relations is people talking on your behalf saying, oh my gosh, did you hear this and this? Like word of mouth is a form of public relations. Mm -hmm. You're not paying for that. You've provided a service, you've followed through on that service, and then people are now talking on your behalf, whether it's good or bad, because public relations can be good or bad. Mm -hmm. uh, word of mouth can be good or bad, but that's almost like a form of public relations. On the podcast side for the Wine and Cheese My podcast, I'm not really, it's really, I, the thing that I provide are the stories from people who have, I try and amplify stories that need to be heard within communities of color. Mm -hmm. That's all I provide. I help provide the platform for people to share their story. I provide a fun environment because I like it to be like two you know, two or more, because we'll see, like, comadres kind of sitting together, mm -hmm. right, and having a glass of wine, and chismiendo, and just whatever, so I am also trying to change the narrative of gossip, mm -hmm. because gossip, when we, and which is what chisme means in Spanish, it could be used for a good and bad thing, just that there's always, like, yeah. the different side of the same coin of many things, and it could be when your gossip could be used and cheese could be used in a really negative thing when you're talking about other people or it could be used in a positive thing. And I say, I give people the opportunity to, to, um, you know, spill the cheese on themselves. Yeah. And that's really what it's about. Yeah. Cause like when I think of gossip or cheese, I think it's really just information. I think it's, ways that we communicate within our communities to give information and it, it could be from one extreme to another one one extreme is like oh i'm just giving you information like like for example 
oh, my cousin telling me that her mom something something or whatever, or my dad telling me that my grandma's going to go to Mexico next weekend, you know, things like that. It's just family cheese, like family information. And then on the other side of it, it could be like giving information about other people in your family, but with Girl, like, did you hear uh, so-and-so is yeah. pregnant from so-and-so? Like, that's yeah, the best. Yeah, with a twist, with a twist. Yeah. <laughs> I, but by the way, I've not heard any of that kind of man. so I'm just making stuff up when I said that part. I don't want anybody coming back, coming to me saying, who's who? I don't know. I don't listen to that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm really happy you're doing that because that is really important. Um, there's always there's always another side or a different perspective to everything, right? Everything that we do. So how did how did your business vision come about with your PR um, agency? Like, what what made you want to start that? And, and when did you start? Oh my gosh, I feel like this. I'm gonna try and make this as short as possible because <laughs> I didn't necessarily I didn't take the traditional route to mm-hmm. that. And I grew up in San Diego and two weeks before my junior year in high school started, we moved to Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm. We were there for not quite two years. A week after I graduated high school, we moved back to San Diego. And during that time, because we had left California for over a year, we had lost residency. So I could no longer go to school in California as a resident. So I had to wait a year. And by waiting that year to establish residency again, I feel like that completely changed the, that completely changed the direction of my life Mm -hmm. because I had to start working. And when you're, I graduated early, I graduated when I was 17. So I had a full job at a mortgage company making $1,500 a month. And in 95, 1995, I'm totally aging myself, which I don't care. (laughs) In 1995, at 17 years old, making $1,500 a month is a lot of money, especially when you, and I kind of got like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I could just make money now. And I think that kind of set me on a, on a path of kind of trying to chase the dollar, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I moved out when I was 18 I had a lot of ups and downs, but by the time I was 19, I decided I want to go back to school. And for me, going to school was never an option. I always wanted to go back, but there always just seemed like there was going to be something, there was always something in the way. Mm-hmm. And for me, writing was always something that was very natural for me. I wasn't sure if I wanted to go into journalism or into public relations, but the thing was, the thing that appealed to me about public relations is was that I still it's a part of journalism. It's still storytelling, but you're doing it for businesses Mm -hmm. and or organizations or people. So it was just, it was a little bit different. And so that's why I decided to go into public relations. I, at 21, so I went to school and at 21, I decided to move to Dallas random totally random thing i had a friend (laughs) yeah it was so crazy because i had a friend who was going to be moving to dallas and she was totally kidding saying that i should move and i'd just broken up with the guy that i thought i was going to marry so i was like why not i applied interviewed (laughs) i applied interviewed was offered the job and moved to dallas within a month oh my gosh yeah i had no time to think and unlike california where you pay state taxes so in-state tuition is the same regardless if you're going into a state institution, right? If you're going to like a community college or a state-run college, Mm -hmm. whether you're in San Diego or San Francisco, you're an in-state, you pay in-state tuition. Yeah. In Texas, it doesn't work that way because there's no state income tax. There's different county things. So they split it up by county. So even though I lived in the state of Texas, I lived in the city of Dallas, I lived in the county of Denton and the school that was closest to me was in the city or was in the county of Dallas. So I still had to pay out of county tuition, which was interesting. Yeah. Which was a lot. So I just decided I was going to wait. So I just, again, just continued to work and I was working 
selling ads, selling outdoor ads, you know, the ads that you see on the buses and everything. Mm -hmm. I used to sell those ads. Mm. And I started that job right when the economy was starting to bust. So Mm -hmm. I was the last person in, I was still building my book of business. So that means I was the first person laid off. Mm -hmm. So that's when I decided to go to school. Mm. So here I am at, let's see, I think I was 32 when I started going, when I finally went back to school, because I just been working. Mm-hmm. And I already knew I wanted to do public relations. So I went back to community college. I should have now let me say for anybody listening out there, if you ever want to go back to school, check with whatever school you want to if they're going to accept your credits, because I should have checked directly with UNT, the University of North Texas, where I ended up graduating from, because they would have accepted my college credits. But when I went to the community college, they didn't. So I had to take a lot of stuff over again. Mm. Had I just went directly to the university, I wouldn't have had to take those classes again. So I was at the community college for a couple of years, going to school, uh, doing internships, literally doing internships, doing things that I wasn't getting paid very much to do, if at all, just to get my foot in the door just to network and then i finally got to a place where i had to work again i had to work and go to school so i went to school and worked for full time for four years throughout my time at the university of north texas and because i was older and because i had to work I never had those traditional internships at like a pr agency that many people were able to have Mm I couldn't not, at this point, I couldn't not work and not get paid. I had bills to pay. I had rent to pay. I had responsibilities. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, because I did my master's when I was married and had like two kids. I was growing and I was like, I can't do those unpaid internships. Yeah. Right? And I feel like when you're older, people, there's almost like this judgment Like people applaud you for what you're doing. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But then there's also this judgment that you didn't do it when you were younger. Yeah. Right. So it's, it's this weird dichotomy that you get from that. And because of that, one thing I did notice when I would meet people from agencies and when I would talk to people, there wasn't a lot of diversity in the agencies and a lot of public relation agencies. Mm -hmm. The only time I would see diversity was within the smaller agencies. Mm -hmm because they couldn't like it seemed like they just couldn't catch a break in a larger agency and to be perfectly honest that really hasn't changed Mm -hmm. so i've after i graduated i really tried to get a job at an agency but it just wasn't it wasn't happening even though i was already working i had already been working in public relations for a while at this time so i ended up getting a job as a marketing communications quarter for a charter school and it was just, you know, it was probably the best and worst thing that I could have done. It was the best thing because it kind of got me out of my, it got me into a a larger role, making more money, more responsibility. It just wasn't a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. But again, I was, I felt, and nobody can put limits on yourself except for you. But I felt like I, I was trying to kind of get into all these things, but I felt like I was being limited because the large agencies, and the first thing everybody asks is, you know, they want internships, they want this, but because I've already had, they want a lot of times they want to teach you how they do it. And because I had all of this other experience, but I didn't have specific agency experience. I felt like that was something that was a mark against me. And I have finally had the opportunity to move back to Dallas or back to Dallas, back to California. And when I took it, it was kind of the same thing. So I just had to realize, and I kept getting a lot of freelance work. I would meet people and they would be, oh, I need to do something or, oh, I need to do something. So I started getting a lot of freelance work. And then finally I was just like, why am I, I just need to do a DBA. I just need to do, you know, whatever, because I'm still getting work, but it's just not an agency. Why don't I just technically start my own agency? And it was something that was thought. And I got, when I got my job here as a project manager, I started working with a couple of people to do that. And then finally I was just like, 
all right, let's just do the DBA. Let's just do my does, you know, to, to kind of really get it official. <laughs> so you went from a freelancer to a full-time job and a PR firm business owner. Yeah. Right? yeah. <laughs> so, okay. It sounds weird when you say it like that, because it's like, yeah, I did, but it's, it didn't feel as overwhelming as it might sound. Well, so when was that? When did you officially become the Yanez PR firm? Um, over the last year. Uh, oh, okay. I, I think I officially filed my DBA right after the year. So I had my logo, I still had, but functioning like true functioning i got my official dba in like january of 2020 even though oh, okay. but i was just still technically working as a freelancer oh, okay so have you always worked with clients in this special um, niche or is that something no. that's evolved yeah it's kind of evolved my thing is i've always worked with it because within public relations, just like any business, there are so many different aspects. Where I tend to specialize in is within nonprofits, small businesses. That's where I tend to flourish the most. There, I know a lot of people who do a lot of beauty, do a lot of products, things like that. Mm -hmm. But I am very much a bleeding heart. I am very much somebody who is of the community, right? Whatever community I'm in, I want to completely involve myself in that mm -hmm. and that's where those are the places that tend to need the most help and who aren't you know who can't secure the biggest funds so that's where I have found myself I've worked for several nonprofits. I have worked in sports I've worked in with kids and I, it's always usually very in in those areas, even within sports, sports have non nonprofit aspects of them. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, you know, working with kids and working within the community, that those are nonprofits. When you're working for a school, that's a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. When you, you know, so I've just found that that is where, because I also will only work with people that I believe in. Mm -hmm. Because if I believe in you, I drink the Kool-Aid, <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm all in. So if I don't believe in you and if I don't believe in your product or your organization, I will ha have no problem referring you to somebody else. Mm -hmm. I just won't be the person who's going to represent you because in order for me to do an effective job for somebody. I and now I'd like to take a little break. What's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? This is a question that I ask all of my podcast guests. So guess what? I've compiled a list with all of my podcast guests' favorite technological tools. Make sure that you subscribe to my monthly newsletter to receive a complete list. I'm so excited for you all to start using some new technological tools for your business. So how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business and your podcast? Within my business, I think I realized in, in San Diego in particular, there's no real, uh, there are no Latino owned PR agencies in San Diego. I looked and looked and looked. So unless they're doing something mm. like under the table. So for me, that's, you know, we're a border town. Yeah. And for us not to have somebody with that name, that representation to help represent us is yeah. something that is important to me. I think it's very important that we have. So that's really how it came into play here in San Diego for me is because I wanted to help. I have met so many small businesses, small mm -hmm. business owners here that don't know where to start, that don't know what to do, mm -hmm. that don't know what their next steps are. And most of them are small businesses and most of them are owned by Latinas, you know, or Latinx women. So I think sometimes, and a lot of them, their cultural identity is wrapped up in their small business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have anybody that understands that, how can they represent you? Yeah, because then it's not relatable. 
And right. It won't translate to what they're like to the meaning of what your business really is or what it stands for. Exactly. And then in regards to the podcast, I don't just stick within the Latinx community mm-hmm. for my guests. I try and pull from all, you know, communities of color. Mm-hmm. It tends because of who I'm, who I'm closest with here and the people that I surround myself with, it does tend to be more Latinx people than anything else. But I wanted to really encompass all of our communities because I think it's so important that we learn from one another, right? That we support one another. Our voices collectively within communities of color, our voices collectively could be so much bigger and stronger if we all got together. But what happens is the people that have the power, they like to keep us separated. As long as they keep us splintered, as long as they help pin us against each other, our voices cannot come together in order for us to take a true stand within our communities and fully be represented. Yep. So for me, that's how it comes to. I don't even think we realize our own power. Like as a collective, like today I saw um, uh, on Instagram, uh, Epifiana magazine put, um, did you know that Latinx owned businesses have created nearly 3 million jobs? Like, and guess what, guess what, <laughs> has, what's happening in all those jobs right now? Like Latin and specifically Latinas, they're responsible. Like they are the fastest growing small opening, small businesses. They're the fastest community opening small businesses than any other community. Mm-hmm. And the impact that is having on our community right now is massive. And it's one of those things because a lot of times they're little small tiendas, right? They're little shops, they're little things. A lot of, some people are very fortunate that they're able to move their stuff online. Yep. But, you know, there's, I know somebody who has a yoga studio in Chula Vista and it's Revel, Revel Yoga look them up they're latina own yoga studio (laughs) and they're having to do online classes because their yoga studio is closed Mm -hmm. there's another there's another studio in little italy called pure studio and it's a spin studio that's owned by latina again they're having to do things online Mm -hmm. because they she can't open her spin studio so she'll go in and do um her name's Maria and she'll go in and do like spinning classes for those who have like a bike at home and are able to do that, but she can't open her studio yet. And mm-hmm. so these are all having, you know, these are still fairly new businesses yeah. that are being impacted. How, and then you have somebody like, you know, who are following the rules. Then you have somebody like what's happening in Texas where, or what happened in Texas where there was a woman who opened her hair salon, continued to open her hair salon and had the backing of the governor and Ted, Senator Ted Cruz went in there. First of all, she's not a hair, hair salon owner. She does, she's not a hairdresser. She's not a hair salon owner. She's not a hairdresser. I actually know several people that know her and she's somebody who wants to run for office. So what better way to run for office then do something like that because then you have two black women who were starting to get reprimanded for doing the same thing in South Dallas and South Dallas is a very, you know, black community. So we have to realize where the privilege is, where our power is and how we can come together. Like you said, we don't even realize how our voices together are a lot stronger than they are, than they are apart. Yeah. And I think for my for the podcast itself, that's really what I want to be able to get all of those voices heard. And so we can learn from each other mm-hmm. to help, even if it's bridging the gap by just a little bit. If I can do that for one person, that's all worth it. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I love podcasts because you learn so much from each other. Like that's the best way to learn is through our own experiences and through other people's experiences too. Yeah. So, and when did you start your podcast? It hasn't been up for that long, right? It hasn't. I 
technically I dropped the first three episodes February 17th because then I had a podcast launch party on February 20th of 2020. So it's, it's only been a few months. Uh, this when, what well, I don't know when this is actually coming out, but I'm, I'm about to launch episode 16 mm-hmm. and it's a weekly podcast on Wednesdays because it's called the wine and cheese may, you know, there's wine Wednesdays, but in my, but now I'm redefining it for me and my audience for now it's wine and cheese may Wednesday. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And it's been such a learning experience. It's been such a growing experience for me, learning from all these different people and getting to know even myself through the questions that I ask or the, the knowledge that all of these guests have is really spectacular to, to hear and to have the honor to be able to learn from. Yeah. I feel the same way too. I mean, you, you already like shared so much information, so much advice with me just asking you a few questions here. And I love <laughs> it. I love it. <laughs> so this is a question I ask all of my guests. What's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? Okay. So it depends on what business. So if I'm talking about my public relations, there's something that I definitely couldn't live without, which is Cision. Incision is a web-based platform that you can pull up information for basically any publication or any TV station across the nation. So if I know that I have somebody, say I have somebody in, where do I not know a lot of people? Say I have some, okay, say I have somebody in Chicago. I have a client in Chicago who, or they're going to Chicago, whatever. And I need to kind of pull some information. I need to write a press release. I need to send it out. How would I know how to do that? Uh Cision gives me the opportunity to go in there, find out what what news stations are in there, what papers are in Chicago, who do I need to reach, who does what. So it gives me more of a direct access and a better opportunity to be able to pitch my client than just looking something up on Google. That's so cool. Never heard of yeah. it. Is that like something that you need a membership for? You need a membership. It's really pricey. So oftentimes a lot of agency owners, small agency owners will pull their resources together and buy a membership together. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is not cheap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but that's a really cool tool. And yeah, I could understand like why you would need to create a PR firm for that and why people need to go to a PR firm, because that's so specific. I wouldn't even think to even do that, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. So what about your podcast? What's your favorite technological tool for your podcast? Oh, man, okay. I, you know what, everything. I'm still, I'm even still learning. I'm only 16 episodes in, so I'm still learning everything. I would say, obviously, I you know, what I use to edit is a huge thing. Uh, and I go and I use wave pad and wave mixer to edit. I use simple cast as my platform, which has been really awesome. I use Canva to help create the things that I'm going to be posting on social media. Mm-hmm. There's so there's so many, I don't even think I have a favorite yet because I'm still I feel like I'm still learning and growing in all of these things. I'm sure there will be, but right now they're kind of all equally as important to my podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Same. I love Canva. I think I'm always on Canva. I'm like, Oh, what else could I do? (laughs) Yeah. And the awesome thing with Canva is that, you know, I pay, I do pay the monthly. It's only like 13 bucks a month. The pro is really cool. It's yeah. so good. You can put in, so for example, you can put in several of your brands. So I have for my, where I'm a project manager, I have their brand colors in there. Mm-hmm. Then I have my brand colors for the Yanya's public relations. Mm-hmm. I have those brand colors and I have my brand colors for the Wine and Cheese podcast. So anytime I want to create something, instead of looking the colors up, they're already in there and I can just pull whatever I need to do from that. And it's, it's, yeah, it's so handy. I love it. Yeah. 
but yeah, I love it too. So if you could have done something different on your journey on either your podcast or a business or both, what would that have been? I, I wonder, and I don't know if I would change this because I don't know if this would change where I'm at now, because like I said, moving to Albuquerque completely changed the trajectory of my life. Mm. And I would really like, I've, I've wondered, I've wondered multiple times what it would be like if we never moved to Albuquerque and if I was able to go to college right after, oh, okay. right after high school. Yeah. That's definitely been, a, I've wondered that a few times for sure. I don't spend too much time on it because how you can't dwell in the past, right? You yeah. are where you are. I don't know if I would ch actually change everything. I've been through a lot of, I've been through a lot of things, I've both good and bad. I've had a lot of failures. I've had a lot of success. I've had a lot of kind of all of those things, but ultimately it's brought me here. So I don't know if I would actually change anything. And it's, you know, and you go through those failures that really, really suck that you feel yeah. like <laughs> you can't move forward, but you do, right? You get through it. I, and I've totally been there. I've, I've been to the point where I didn't know how I was even going to pay rent before. Yeah. I, I've been to the point where I was like, how am I going to pay my electricity bill? And something has always happened that has, God has always had my back. I will say that like, it's always come through It mm -hmm. always like things always work out. And that could be me manifesting it. Me saying it's going to work out. It's going to work yeah. out. It could be God having my back. It could be a combination of both. But ultimately, you know, I'm back here in San Diego where I've always wanted to be back. Living in an area that I absolutely adore. And I don't think, so I wouldn't change. I wouldn't actually change anything as much as I would wonder how it would change. I'm where I'm supposed to be right now. And so I wouldn't change anything. And you drink wine a few times a week and as a business expense. <laughs> I mean, really, could I ask for anything more? <laughs> so do you have any advice for anyone that wants to start a culturally specific business or has a business idea and they're maybe like kind of avoiding starting because they're, I don't know, so, yeah, a couple of things for sure. I think just start it. We all are learning. We all, right? I mean, it took me forever. I'm 42 now. I feel like it took me forever. I, I always was hesitant in starting anything. I was always hesitant and I was always not sure if I was good enough. But nobody is ever, like, you're never perfect. You're ne yeah. ne there's never going to be the perfect timing. There's no such thing as full on job security anymore. I mean, look mm -hmm. at what's happening now. We have the most, the highest unemployment rate since the great depression. So yeah. if you're gonna do something, you know, do it. Obviously if I, for what I do, I don't have any really overhead expenses. It was very easy. So if you're gonna do something that I will say that this is what I've learned from other people. If you're going to do something where you have overhead expenses, one is don't underestimate the expenses because it always ends up being way more than you think it's going to be. So ask for, ask for more because if you don't use it, then you can always start paying it back early or use it to invest in your business. Yeah. Like overhead expenses like rent, utilities, things that you have to pay. Even if you have to, month. right. Or even if you have to like gut a place. So I have a friend who has a co-working and event space and they had to completely redo the space, re completely remodel it. And her thing was, it cost a lot more than I thought it was going to be. And it was, and there were some things that she had to hold off on until she has more money because she didn't ask for more. Right. Mm -hmm. So always ask for more always. And no matter what business you're in, always seek out people who are doing, doing those things. Right. Starting the podcast. I had no idea where to start. Yeah. I could start to Google, but I have like one of the best resources out there with 
my friend Pam Covarrubias. I'm going to plug her podcast right now, which is the Cafe <laughs> Con Pam podcast, P-A-M. I, I love that podcast. Yes. And she's awesome. And she's amazing. And she was the one who's like, just do it. You can do it. Like, And she was the one who walked me through it. And I had so much encouragement from her and from other friends it's one of those things where you're just like, come on, like, let's, let's keep going. And I want to make sure I plug Jesse too. I know I'm plugging everybody else, which, but that's just who I am. Um, <laughs> you know, my friend that has the co-working space, her name's Jesse Medina and it's the at Femex quarters is her co-working and event space, which is right now closed because of everything that's happening. And when you have people who believe in you, Believe in yourself. Like, because if you don't believe in yourself, how can you expect anybody else to believe in you? Right? Just like if you don't love yourself, how do you expect anybody else to love you? But if you can't believe in yourself, and I was nervous, like taking on the podcast, I was super nervous because I'm putting myself out there in a vulnerable way that I never yeah. have. Yeah, it's, it's scary. <laughs> but yeah, people don't realize you're putting yourself out there to be critiqued and criticized and whatever, but you just kind of have to know, for me, it was like, what I'm doing is bigger than me. What I yeah. want to do is way bigger than me. And so I want it. So let's go for it. So use your resources, use the people around you for information. People are more than happy to share information. We're always so scared to ask, but the answer, like, this is kind of one of the, one of the things I live by is the answer is always no, if you don't ask the question. Yeah. If you don't ask, yep. So yeah. I would say that, like, you know, ask for more when, if you're thinking financially, if you're doing like a, you know, brick and mortar, ask for more than you think you're going to need. Use your resources. Always ask the question or else the answer will always be no. I mean, like I asked you for help. Oh, oh we haven't even talked about that. Like <laughs> you like opened me up into this whole new um, Giphy world yay <laughs> yeah it's like so amazing well it's one of those things like who says it's too soon right i'm 16 episodes in by the time you know and who says it's too soon to get a giphy to get to have gifts on instagram who says it's too soon i've created a um a proposal for potential partnerships with wine companies who says it's too soon like again when we we're talking about you're the only one who can put limits on yourself at what point, and that's not easy to, to start sending emails saying, hey, look, I have this podcast. Yeah. Do you want to send me free wine and pay? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. But, you know, I know it's only going to grow and I know it's going to be worth it. And if you don't do it now, like who says what's the right time? And it was nervous. I was super nervous. And you're, like you said, you reached out to me and I was like, yes, of course, I'm going to help you. Of course. And I've, I told you I could refer you to, I can get you in touch with somebody who can do stuff for you. I mean, yeah. I'm all about that. And I think that we underestimate the people who want to help. We are so scared of they're going to say no, but if they say no, you're not in any worse position than you were before you even asked. Yeah. I mean, and that just opened me up to like a whole nother, it's like, oh my God, like all small business owners, all entrepreneurs, everybody should create gifts. Um, so how can you share with us, like how many have you, how many do you officially have and then how many views or, or what is the correct terminology? For yeah, that? it would be views. Oh my gosh. Okay. How many do I officially have? I probably have to, I think I officially have 13, yeah. I believe, I, I believe I have. And they're all there. Most of them are your pot they're your podcast like it's your podcast logo it's you drinking wine it's, it's <laughs> so just there's a wine with your with your like font and on it yeah there's several of them so for example there is me standing there with the wine glass being filled up there's me on a picnic blanket like up and down with holding like double fisting it basically <laughs> Um, there's one that doesn't say podcast. It just says wine and cheese. May one's a white background. One's my like cream background. One is, you know, the, like the wine color background. I have one that says, hola mi gente. Cause I tend to open up every 
Instagram story and I do and open every podcast with hola mi gente. I have one that says saludos because that's how I end everything. There's one that just has a wine bottle. It's, it's part of my logo, but it just says wine. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's one that just says wine and cheese made with a wine glass filling up. Yeah. There's one that says uh, time to spill the wine because we don't spill the tea. We spill the wine. Yeah. So there's a few different ones. And I love gifts. Yeah. I think yes. gifts are just those things that like we never knew we always needed. Like definitely makes our lives way Totally. <laughs> right. And as far as views, so I created, so at, so um, this girl named Brianna is the one who created them for me. See, I'm telling like, I like to shout out people. <laughs> and she, you can find her at, at Brie Burrito on Instagram. It's B-R-E Burrito on Instagram. She's the one. So Pam from Cafe, from Cafe Con Pam, Pam is the one who actually created the logo. Hmm. Uh, she is a really rad designer. So she's the one who created the logo for me. And then Brie converted them into gifts for me. So I have, they've been out for, I think, officially four weeks now. And I have 690, over 690,000 views already. Oh my God. That's so amazing. So crazy. Like it's just another way to create brand awareness and get, put ourselves out there. That's so cool. So everybody listening, go create some gifts. <laughs> yes. And the craziest thing. Make the world thing, better with gifts. <laughs> ex- yes, it is. It is. And I actually have a, an idea for a couple of other ones, but yeah, it's awesome. And you know, you never know who's going to see it. You never know. I mean, yeah. I don't know how many times people are actually using them. It just tells me how many times they come up on platforms and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, I just think about myself. Sometimes I get lost. I go down an Insta, Insta stalking rabbit hole, right? Or, <laughs> or, or not even Insta stalking. It's just like you see one thing and you're reading something and you're reading comments and then I'm posting something or uh, commenting on someone's post and then I see someone else come. I'm like, oh, they're cool. What's their page? Then I go on their page and then I see their story. Oh, I do that too. And then I see... And then I see like someone else. I'm like, oh, wait, that's a cool gift. And then I look up gifts and then I look up other gifts. It was just like, you know what I mean? Like you go down this rabbit hole, like in the Instagram world. And yes, what just happened the past like 25 minutes of my life? (laughs) You know? Yeah, no, totally. No, I totally get that. So, yeah, I mean, so if you want to look at the gifts, all you need to do is put in wine and cheese, man. You can put it all together and they come up. Either on Instagram or on a GIF keyboard or anywhere or giphy.com. Yeah. Yep. And they come out. That's so It's so crazy. It's so crazy. It's honestly really crazy. It's like, what? (laughs) So I have one last question for you. If you had no constraints, would you start another business? Yes, I have a very large vision that I'm not ready to share with the world yet. Absolutely. I have already have my wheels turning for something that's a lot, even on a a grander, you know, that kind of plays on what I'm doing, but on a very, a lot grander scale. Mm. Okay. Just, does it have to do with your podcast or your PR agency? Or both both, actually. It could do, but it's both. Okay, so people, let's think. What has to do with <laughs> public relations and wine and cheese man? I guess we'll just have to wait and find out. <laughs> to to be continued, right? Yeah. <laughs> to be to be determined later. But yeah, I, there's there's something that came to me while I was walking a couple months ago before the podcast even launched, and I was like, "What?" <laughs> like it was just very overwhelming because I'm like, "Why am I having this?" like vision for this really huge thing. And at my podcast, podcast hasn't even come down, come out yet. So a couple of people are aware of it and they're like, no, that's awesome. We're ready. And so, yeah, not ready for the world to know yet, but I have people keeping me accountable so we can get there. Well, when it does happen, then you can come back on this podcast and we can talk all about that. That's right. <laughs> yeah.
<laughs> so where can people find you? All so I'm work, I'm redoing, I'm completely revamping the website for the PR agency. It'll, but it's yanezpr, Y-A-N-E-Z-P-R.com. Uh, and the wine and podcast.com, the wine and podcast.com. On there, you can literally find links to all of the different platforms. So whether you use Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, the links to all of those different platforms to get to the podcast is on there. And I'm actually working to get the uh, the guest request. So if somebody wants to be a guest on the podcast, they can go on there and fill out the form. So I'm working on doing that. And on Instagram, I'm at the wine and cheese I'm on Facebook. I'm on everything. On Facebook, it's at the Wine and Cheese Smith podcast, and on LinkedIn, it's at the Wine and Cheese Smith podcast as well. Oh, cool! So I like just realized that it's we've been chatting for like an hour, but it feels like we've just been hanging out for like past 10, 15 minutes. <laughs> I know. So fast. <laughs> But um, that's kind of how it is every time I talk with you. So I really enjoy it. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I don't want people to ever feel like it's a chore talking to me. No, it's not. And I learned so much too. So thank you so much for sharing your journey, sharing your story, sharing about your businesses. And hopefully soon we'll learn about your next venture. So thank you so much, Giselle. I really appreciate it. I had a good time talking to you. Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate. Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com and please, please rate, review and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.